The first time Uncle Charlie came to live with us, he was alive. The second time he came, he was dead. Uncle Charlie was my mother's uncle, an 80-something bachelor who I saw only at Baltimore family gatherings, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. The men wore suits, button-down shirts, and ties. Uncle Charlie always came wearing a frayed checkered shirt, red suspenders, khakis, and worn loafers with tassels. What's more, his clothing was generally rumpled and not very clean. A small guy with a lean face, pug nose, and gloomy eyes, he didn't exactly party. More often than not, he sat alone in a corner, listening intently to the chatter while clasping and unclasping his small bony hands, but not saying much. When people asked him how he was doing, he'd talk vaguely about some group he'd just joined or the strange book he'd recently read, like Anglo-Saxon magic or the Egyptian art of death. People tended to leave him alone. When he did not show up at those outings, I'd hear adults saying, any news about Uncle Charlie? Don't ask was the usual reply, along with a shaking of heads, smirks, and a rolling of eyes. In other words, compared to the rest of my family, Uncle Charlie was different. Maybe that's why I always sensed that there was stuff going on inside him. You know, locked up, secretive stuff. Not that I ever saw him do anything unusual. Though my cousins and I kept our distance, at some point one of us would usually whisper, What's the deal with Uncle Charlie? Took a while, but I found out. It all began during a family Christmas gathering. After the big dinner, with people hanging around doing not much, I noticed Uncle Charlie, as usual, sitting off by himself. Except he was staring at me. I had no idea why. Then I realized he was beckoning me over. Puzzled, we rarely talked, I went up to him. At first, all he did was gaze intently at me with his unhappy eyes until, in a croaky voice, he said, You're Tony, right? Ellie's son. Uh-huh. Glad to see you. He held out a small hand, the narrow fingers crooked and sort of claw-like. Not knowing what else to do, I shook. He was kind of weak. What grade are you in? He asked. Sixth. Perfect, he said, some light coming to his eyes, along with a sly smile. Not only was it rare for Uncle Charlie to smile, but this was an I-know-something-you-don't-know smile. Having no idea what it meant or how to respond, I backed away. Even so, during the next few hours, he kept glancing at me, it made me uncomfortable. Why should Uncle Charlie care about me? It was during our long drive back home to Connecticut that I said to my parents, how come Uncle Charlie is so weird? Dad snorted. Every family has at least one weird uncle. My parents exchanged looks, and then Mom said, you might as well know, he's moving in with us. You're kidding, Uncle Charlie? Why? Mom said, he lost his apartment, his health is poor, he has a heart problem, and he's old. He needs to be with family. What happened to his apartment? Evicted, said Dad. 
Mom shot a sharp look at Dad, as if saying, you weren't supposed to say that. But I caught it and said, how come he was evicted? Dad, warned, said only, it's not clear. Okay, but why is he coming to us? We had a family meeting, Mom explained. You know, your uncles, aunts, adult cousins. Since your dad and I have jobs that keep us late so often, meaning you're home so much alone, the idea is that it might be good for you and him if he moved in with us. Dad said, we do have that spare bedroom at the back of our house. Mom added, he's actually fairly well off, has his own car and health insurance. To be brutally honest, Tony, I don't think Uncle Charlie has long to live. That heart. The main point, he is family. Inviting him to move in is the decent thing to do. It's hard to be old and facing death alone.